It's my final night in Saigon. I've walked so far, it feels like I've crossed over many district lines. Most neighborhoods have closed up and gone dark at this hour. The motorbikes that pass me with clouds of exhaust, they're all trying to sell me the midnight vices. Of course, it's the wishing hour. It's time to howl. Your work is done and you are free to roam. There's a lonely noodle stall with a flickering sign that offers up Bun Bo Hue. I sit with a family with two small children. They shoot me toothless smiles and they giggle as I fumble with my chopsticks. It's boiling hot. It's savory. It's gelatinous. It's delicious. It's as complicated as all the thoughts racing through my mind on my final night. I know that there's one place that's sure to be open at this hour. It's a place that I've grown to loathe. I often complain about its lack of authenticity, about the hordes of bar-crawling tourists. But right now, well, right now it's alive. I haggle with a young man with a motorbike for a ride. He offers me every drug imaginable, but I brush away his offers with my broken, rudimentary Vietnamese. There's two girls that call to me from a roadside bar and they blow kisses. One runs over and tries to drag me inside, laughing as I protest and I pull away. They shriek and they laugh as I struggle away from their grasp. I second guess my decision and double back, stopping for a couple of ice cold tigers. The workers fake flirtation and tell me fictitious stories about their lives. I know this dance. I know that it's not genuine. I know that the glasses of spirits are glasses of water that are purchased for double the price. Well, none of that matters. I'm an actor in a play, reciting my lines and performing my goddamn heart out. I leave and I'm clipped by a street hawker with a megaphone calling out, Bop Clinking bottles, smoking coals, incomprehensible chatter, neon lights. These are the things that create the ambiance from my walk down garbage-strewn streets. I'm propositioned at multiple intersections, and I dance away from what's being offered. Heat, foreign smells, fuzzy brain. This is it. This is the 2 a.m. chaos that I need. I go through my waking life with embers that are begging to be fueled, with an itch that can never be fully scratched, with a hunger that can never be satiated. Nowadays, well, there's more development. There's more progress, more building up, cleaning up, modernization, scrubbing of the streets, more shrink wrap, more times frickin' square, but you can keep it. Give me nights of uncertainty, of spontaneity, of fear, of laughter, of dimly lit alleys, scorching hot food, street side chaos, drunken men who are shirtless and laughing, scammers, dreamers, freaks, danger, people of the night, people of passion, all of those screaming into the night with heads back, eyes closed, shouting to the moon. Give me Saigon. Welcome to the voice.
Voyages of Pim Better Podcast. All right, we are back. Or I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Today I'm going to be talking to you about Ho Chi Minh City or Saigon. I still don't really know which one to use. I have friends in the city. Some call it Saigon, some call it Ho Chi Minh City. But for purposes of titling these episodes, I'm going to call this one Ho Chi Minh because the last one was Saigon. So this is Ho Chi Minh in 2017. And even though I've done this before, for anybody who hasn't listened to past episodes, I'll explain why why Vietnam, I guess. Well, Vietnam for me is like the representation of what I always wanted to do and never could because I couldn't afford it or because of fear. I was afraid to travel on my own or to go out into the world and do things. And it's the first place that I went that really felt like, hey, I'm out there and I'm doing it and I'm going someplace foreign and different. And like it created this love affair where I just, I have to go back. Uh, There's also a really practical reason. I mean, I love Southeast Asia. I love that part of the world. And for whatever reason, whenever I'm going to book tickets, it's always the easiest and cheapest place to fly into. It always has the shortest layover. It's the cheapest flight. I was even looking for, like, if I were to book something now for, I think I was looking at, like, June, it's like 700 something. That goes up a lot, and that's round trip. That goes up a lot as you get closer, but uh, it's affordable. It's really easy to navigate, to get around. People are super cool and friendly. And then just, man, culturally, Vietnam is awesome. Um, I only got to go to Ho Chi Minh this year because really like it was just a launching point for me, but I do want to talk a bit about my experiences there and what's changing, what I like about it and what is kind of breaking my heart. So I'm going to start off with, uh, food and sickness I'm not going to talk about like all the places that you should go eat at. I've done that in the past. And I also had Graham Holiday on this podcast. He wrote Eating Vietnam. Honestly, just pick that up, read it. Uh, It'll tell you everything you need to know about places to eat. But there are only two things I've ever refused when I was traveling in terms of food. And both of those things were in Vietnam. I feel like one day I'm eventually just, I'm like going to have to do it and try them. But they're balut, which is, it's, I, I think it's, I think that the name or the actual dish is, is Filipino. Is it Indonesian? Um, I think it's Filipino. But it's like, a, it's fetal duck egg, right? So it's like a fertilized egg that never hatched. So inside that egg, you've got beak and feathers and bones and like mush. Whew was offered it, had an opportunity, and I didn't take the plunge. And the other one is dog. Um, so yeah, this is kind of used, you know, in an insulting, derogatory way. You know, here in the States when people are being nasty and racist about folks from Asia, and they'll say like, oh, you eat cat or dog or something like that. Um, but we've talked about this before. In, in a lot of rural parts of Vietnam, it's, if you're poor and you don't have access to livestock and things like that. You know, dog is eaten, uh, field mice, cats. I have a friend who told me all sorts of stories about this, about how they had a family pet 
uh, which was a cat. And one day the cat is gone because times were tough and you had to eat. So obviously this is not something that is like being sold in every storefront and things like that. But uh, dog is still around. If you want to get it, you can. I did not want to get it. So that is the other thing that I declined. But there is a place on a street that I've complained about on here. The street I've complained about, which is Bouyvian. Uh, is is just like the loud club type of music. It's where all the tourists go and like really young backpackers go. You can say cheap. Uh, it's pretty like it's where people go to get drunk and hang out for cheap. I don't really like to hang out there, but I like to go there for like a night, two nights. And there are some places that are pretty cool. They have uh, various types of like skewered meat that they barbecue and it's really cheap and you get cold beers with that. Uh, a couple like super scorchingly hot dipping sauces and the meat are like, uh, ostrich beef, chicken, squid, uh, some strange types of fish, deer. And so it's fun to go to these things and like watch people on the street. There's tons of young people that are chattering and smoking cigarettes and clinking beers. It's an awesome atmosphere. So <laughs> this year I went with my buddy and we went pretty late. I think our flight got into, got in at like 11 at night. So we got there at like 12, one in the morning. So a lot of the, the meats were, were sold out. I forget exactly what we ordered, but let's say it was chicken, right? No, uh, no, it wouldn't have been chicken. Maybe let's, let's call it a pork. Uh, sat down, things are going okay, eating it. And it's like, this is not pork. Like it's not beef. <laughs> it's not chicken. I don't know what this is, but I know I've never had it. And I know it's not that good, but I'm starving and I'm going to eat it. So while we're doing that, uh, big fat rat comes running out. I'm, I'm sitting next to these, these stairs, a rat comes like running between my feet. It's just like freaking out. But then getting the thought in my head, like, am I eating rat? I think I'm eating rat. So listen, this was, I think this was either rat or dog. It was something mystery that I've never had that I couldn't place. It was chewy. It was tough. It was tough. So next morning, I ate at the hotel. So I ate, you know, the, the regular hotel buffet, which is actually like way better than uh, like the hotel buffets you get here in the States is actual food. There's like omelet bars and things like that. It's a nice way to like when you've been introducing all these new foreign strange things into your body, it's like a nice way to kind of balance it out with something that your body is used to. So ate there, was feeling okay. So my buddy and I were going to go to his friend's house or his friend's apartment in district two. So we're staying in district one, want to get to district two. And we took a cab. His friends are fantastic people. We've hung out with them for the last three years. Uh, both expats, the, his buddy, Tim is, uh, he's British and Kim is half Vietnamese, half British. And they live and work there and they're amazing. Just lovely, lovely people. So we were going to go and we were going to go have lunch with Kim. I think, I think, 
I think Tim was actually out of the country at the time. So we're riding in the, in the cab and I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And Kevin's like, oh, you're right. You're going to make it. And I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to puke, man. We managed to get to the apartment complex that Kim lives in. And like, it is just over for me. I spent, they went out, they were able to go out to lunch. I spent like three hours just running from the couch to the bathroom to throw up. Like this happens every year. If you've listened to these past episodes, something's always happening to me with food in Southeast Asia. But this was bad. Like you could just taste the oncoming death. And like I was starting to get worried. Like I couldn't even, they bought me some kind of a, electrolyte drink. I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't put it down. It didn't even like, I didn't like the taste of it. So I don't know what you, what you call it. Uh, food poisoning, normal travelers. Uh, I don't know, getting used to the food in a faraway place, but I was just dead done. We were supposed to go out that night with all our friends, Lynn, um, Sam, Chuck, and I, I barely made it. Like I couldn't eat. I think I had like white rice. It kicked my ass. So listen, there, there's, there's two things that happen here. One, most people I know that have traveled with me to places that are, are pretty different from where they live. Uh, Southeast Asia, for example, you're going to get sick and you're going to, you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, it happened to me twice on this trip and it lasts for about 24 hours. The second time I literally was flying into Jogjakarta and I, I, th- I thought I was going to throw up on the plane. I didn't think I was going to make it. It was like when the plane was, was descending and they tell you, you can't get up, you can't go to the bathroom, you have to sit. And I was like, this, oh no, I'm not going to make it. Uh, but this time oof, it was bad. But about 24 hours, and like I said, it, it's going to happen sometimes. You kind of just, all right, you take a day off. Hopefully, you know, you got more than a week or something like that. So if you have to burn a day, you burn a day. Ooh, I burned a day. But there's also like the, what I've talked with my buddy Kevin about, we call it the constant maybes. It's like, I kind of feel okay, but I kind of feel sick. It's like when you stop somewhere and there's a bathroom and, and someone like taps the other person. It's like, hey, do you have to go to the bathroom? And you're like, maybe. I don't really know. So that's the constant. <laughs> that's the constant maybe. Is it's like, I don't know. Am I okay? Am I not okay? It's essentially just like constant slight discomfort that never really goes away for the whole time you're there because you're not there for a full year or enough time to fully, fully get used to it. It's always when I'm like just starting to get used to it that I fly back to the States and then getting reacclimated to food here in the States is tough. And it's like, oh, great. But yeah, I don't know if it, so this is the thing too. I don't know if it was the street food or the food at the hotel, because it could be either. You got to be careful, careful, careful with water people. And I think at the hotel that morning, I had like some raw veggies, which is just so stupid. I got cocky. I flew too close to the sun. I do this all the time and it's, it's, it's stupid, but I did it. All right. Let me talk about something here. Vietnam in the three years that I've gone has started to change dramatically. It 
everything is being built up. There are these high-rise development complexes that are going up everywhere. There are rooftop bars springing up everywhere, rooftop pools, rooftop DJs. And all that sounds very cool and very sexy and very like, hey, I'm doing this this fun thing. I'm going out for the night. But it's like super priced drinks and like kind of like businessy looking people going to these things. And it's not what I've come to love about Saigon. I love the street food and the cheap drinks and the conversations. And, you know, I know that that's so selfish. Like that's, that's like me saying, Hey guys, don't, don't do development. Don't do progress because I want to keep loving the things that I want. And that's totally not fair. But I, I wonder about some of the progress. Like, okay, like you don't need rooftop bars. You don't need rooftop pools, right? You don't need everyone to be homogenized into these like giant complex build, uh, the apartment complex buildings that all look the same, that don't have personality or character. It's the, it's the Singapore model. It's the Kuala Lumpur model. It's like, I don't know. How do you even word this? It's like, it feels to me like a loss of culture, you know, for modernization. And again, is it better? I don't know. Maybe you could tell me, do you live there? Maybe you could tell me. I mean, yeah, like New York City, in one hand, is better, right? When people tell these crazy stories about New York City that, and I freaking love these stories. I just read Just Kids and I, I love hearing about like the city in the 60s and 70s, 80s. But from all expenses, like uh, from all, um, from all accounts, it was d- dangerous and crazy and crime and sedition and craziness. And I don't know, those are the things that I like, I love, (laughs) I love those things. You heard like my writing entry from the beginning of this. Again, is that fair? I don't know. This is complicated, man. Um, But there's a loss of some of the things that I love. I've talked before about there's this park and a lot of like college age kids go there. Uh, They play that game where you're like kicking the badminton shuttlecock and kind of like, kind of like when you're volleying a hacky sack or a soccer ball and kids will play that and people will play music and eat from real, really awesome cheap stalls that are there and have conversations with you and just walk up to you. Hey, you're a foreigner, right? And let me, let me learn about you. Why are you here? They always say, why are you here? What are you doing here? What do you want to do? Do you want to go get food? Do you, can I practice my English with you? I freaking love this park and this park, this park just took an arrow to the heart. It is gone. There's a high-speed rail that is coming through Ho Chi Minh City, and they have just plowed through stuff. That awesome traffic circle in District 1 is going away, the one right in front of Ben 10. And again, like, this is so selfish of me, so I'm, like, conflicted about this. Because it's like, okay, maybe this is what people need. Maybe they need the high-speed rail. Maybe this is going to benefit people that live in, in Ho Chi Minh City. Well, then, hey, it's great. And I'm just a selfish bastard who wants to continue to love the things that I love. But, like, 
does tourism stay the same if you get rid of the flavor and the culture? I don't think it does. These things don't make me want to go there anymore. Maybe because it, it feels if safer and uh, more noticeable and more comfortable for tourists. Maybe it will increase tourism even more. I don't know. Ah, I want to kind of like flash forward 10 years and figure this out. I was just reading the other day. It might... It was either Graham who posted this. I think it was, yeah, I think Graham posted this on Twitter that Hanoi in like the old quarter is getting its first McDonald's. What the hell, man? Come on. That's not, uh, and it's so funny because I talked with Chicha about this on our episode for Jogja, but that's like, that's like a night, like it's, it's, it's cool to go do that if, if you're a young person there. Like often it's more expensive than street food is. Here in the States, fast food, you know, the dollar menu and all that stuff. But it's like, it's a more expensive kind of like, hey, we're going out to get fast food. We're going to KFC. We're going to McDonald's. Like, ooh, this is nice. Look at us. Um, oh, I hate it. But again, maybe it's selfish. A part of me feels like it's not though. Like, ugh. Maybe it's just because I don't eat there anyway. Like, why would I go to McDonald's here in New York City when I can eat from, like, anywhere in the world here in New York City? Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Should I be conflicted? Definitely the high-speed rail feels weird. Like, God, those parks were so cool. I don't know what's going to happen to them. But, like, there's this whole walled-off section now where the parks were. And I know that, like... It's some, I don't really know any of the details, but it's some kind of development project that is largely funded by Japan. So I don't even, like, is Ho Chi Minh City right now, like, are, are Vietnamese businesses benefiting from the construction of this rail, or is it just Japanese businesses? I don't know. I mean, my friend Sam, she she sells real estate in Ho Chi Minh City, so it's it's been booming for her because they're building all these new apartment complexes and people are buying them. Ah, this is my fear. It's a larger fear than Ho Chi Minh. It's a fear that this is going to happen everywhere. It's like a fear of a Wally future. You know, like even here in Brooklyn, I don't know, uh, like even, even like downtown, like these huge apartment buildings are going up and they all look the same. It's just like, it's like a metal growth growing out of the earth. It just, it does nothing for me. It, there's, there's no personality. There's no, uh, there's no passion in it for me. And I'm afraid that this is going to happen everywhere. Like Singapore has done really, really well, um, economically. And I think that a lot of places are trying to follow that model. Kuala Lumpur looked a lot like Singapore in some respects. And now Ho Chi Minh, God, if Hanoi does it too, I don't know. It's sacrilege. It's like having to, oh, that would have been horrible. I'm not going to say that, but yeah, so this was this was something that I, f I really felt this time, where I was like, how how in just three years has it changed so much? Like I the people that that went, you know, we're going in the early two thousands, the the nineties and eighties. It must look unrecognizable. Here's something in District One, 
there is this food center and it's got a lot of really good stuff in it, but it is called like the street food market and it's not on the street. (laughs) It's in, it's in, it's like a giant canopy and there's picnic tables and things like that. And yeah, it's not freaking street food. There's still street food, man. I'm going to talk about it too. I'm going to talk about the street food that I still love. Oh, I'm a hypocrite, man, because I ate there. I ate there and I liked it. Um, you know, it was something that was open late at night where I knew I could get... Um, oh, wow. My brain. What's broken rice? Kum Tom. Kum Tom. Where I got Kum Tom. It's really, really good. Um, and it's also here that I met some really cool people. So I want to shout them out. God. I forget her name. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Um, but, uh, I was by myself and I wanted to eat and man, let me tell you something. Ho Chi Minh is boiling hot. Uh, Vietnam. I've been to hot places. Vietnam is hot. Vietnam is so hot. Um, and so like I, I, I ducked into the street food market just to get out of the sun for a little bit. And I was eating by myself I think I had like a tiger and I had the Kom Tom because it's my favorite. And there was a guy and a woman. I think they're both. mm, No, maybe they're younger than me. Um, And they were like, hey, man, like, do you want to come eat with us? And God, this is what I love about traveling. Like, like, when does that happen in New York City? It doesn't. I promise you it doesn't. Like... When do you ever sit down? Like, I, I go out by myself all the time and, eat, and no one's ever like, hey, can I talk to you? Hey, I want to know about you. Hey. And these two sweethearts were just, just called me over and we had an awesome conversation. Um, Jacob and God, I'm so sorry. I forget your name. Um, but Jacob's from California and she was from Australia and you know, I look like I'm, I'm, you know, 18 years old. And so it was cool that maybe they thought I was younger, but I was, I'm actually older than both of them. And just like, I love hearing stories. I, that's why I love podcasts. I love, love, love stories. And they just told me their stories. They met while traveling. I believe it was in Cambodia. Man, I should have Jacob on this podcast. I think you might listen, Jacob, right? Um, I follow his Instagram. Should I shout that out? I don't know if you would want me to, but anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to look him up right now. I do follow it. Um, so yeah, they called me over and were telling me the stories, how they met. Um, and now they were just traveling for a little while together and like, he's going to go back home soon. I think he, he was like, uh, like a physicist or something for, out of college. And I was like, I just want to take some time. She, I think, was on holiday or she was taking uh, a leave year from university. And man, they just tell me they're awesome stories. Like these little little beach towns in, Cam- in Cambodia. They told me about a guy that they met who was an expat that just for a couple thousand dollars started up a bar. And now it's like the bar in that beach town. Like it's the one. And he lives off of it. And he has workers that work there. And like this is... And, and, he pays them. And I mean, that's just so cool to me. Like 
I love stories like that. And they told me about all the places they went. I gave them some suggestions for things to do. They told me about some things that I should do. I bought them a couple of drinks. Uh, Jacob Sanchez, bah, found you. Black underscore Finn on Instagram. And man, you have a cool Instagram, Jacob. I really should have you on the podcast. You do so much killer stuff, man. It's inspiring stuff too. I love this. I love your Insta stories. Anyway, sorry folks, but man, I'm jumping around here, aren't I? But yeah, this is something I still love about Ho Chi Minh is like, there are like a whole lot of tourists, but they're not American tourists. And a lot of people from Australia, although Jacob is American, so sorry. But um, yeah, you just exchange stories and you talk and you give advice and it's like, hey, go do this tomorrow. Okay, cool. I'm going to go do that. And that's one of the things I still love about uh, Saigon. It's just this kind of like, it's cleaning up of everything, of moving it off the street, of building it up, of sanitizing, shrink wrapping, making it safe and making you more comfortable. Like why... Why do you have to be comfortable? What is it about? What is it about comfort? What good stories come out of that? Hey, I got this super comfy couch in this super comfy robe, and I stayed in and I binge watched Netflix, and man, I ordered some delicious Chinese food, and I had a great evening from the couch. Is that a cool story? Is that fun? Hell no, it's not. Why do we have to be comfortable? I don't know. So yeah, street food market. Ah, I don't know about you. You could kick rocks, buddy. But yeah, loved meeting Jacob. And man, I, that, that happened a bunch on this trip where I just like talked to random people. That story again from the opening monologue or whatever it is. Uh, that, that's all true stuff. So there's people I talk to, I talk to. Um, whenever I do those, th- those are just like these stream of conscious writings that I do. I always get super, super depressed on my last night. Even when I do short travel, I get super depressed. And so I write these kind of manic stream of conscious things that just come into mind as I'm laying down to sleep. Um, all right, let's talk about food that is still really, really good. I have to freak, I have to remind myself of this one place, but um, all right, this is one of my new favorite passions in Saigon. So first of all, um, I found a gym in D1. It's right next to a soccer field and a Muay Thai gym. And unlike what's the one they have there, California Fitness. I think it's Cal. Yeah, that place is crazy expensive. So I found this little gym. Um, next to a soccer field, next to a Muay Thai gym. And I did Muay Thai there, which was great. Uh, Didn't have any cool stories, but listen to the Kuala Lumpur episode and you'll get a cool Muay Thai story from that. Um, Yeah, so I found this gym and a couple mornings I woke up and went to the gym and it had no AC. It did have like good equipment and stuff like that, but it had no AC and I came out just drenched, just soaked through everything like a hot, disgusting mess. And I would go from the gym to the soccer field and watch these games. It's awesome. These, these amateur soccer games, they were, they were so awesome. They were so cool. Uh, there were stands there and there were a bunch of people watching. And so I'd sit there and just kind of catch my breath for a while and breathe a little bit and watch it and try to cool off a little bit. Oh, it was great. 
But then what I would do is I discovered like my new favorite food passion. There are, so there's always street stalls and things like that. They're everywhere. But there are these women who have like a single little gas, like almost like a camper stove, like single burner, one pan, and they have some eggs and they have some like kind of strange looking breakfast sausages. It might even be like chicken sausage and uh, like some, sometimes you'll get like a little onion or they'll have like a little block of cheese, which is kind of that fake processed Vietnamese cheese, but I don't care. And it costs you like a dollar and they've got one or two plastic stools and you sit there and you eat this breakfast and it's awesome, man. So a lot of uh, workers do this like real early. It starts, it might even start at like 5am, but it, it, I've been out there about like 6am. I've seen them on the way to the gym and the, you know, I don't, the, the, the ones that I've, the ladies that I've talked to didn't really speak much English. Um, so I, I know one, uh, uh, is one, uh, trung, I believe is eggs. So, uh, just, just walk at them, say mo, and, and they'll kind of point to stuff. You want that? You want that? You want that? Yes, yes, yes. And you sit there and you're street side and it's hustling and bustling. The commute to work, everyone on motorbikes, gas masks, um, gas masks, uh, dust masks. Um, maybe someone will come and get some food and sit next to you. And you sit there and you have this, it's really delicious. It's super cheap. It's like a dollar. Oh my God. It's such a cool way to start the day. Just go to the gym, sweat, sweat out all the toxins from last night, watch a little soccer and then sit on this plastic stool for 20 minutes and eat your breakfast. Oh, it's great. They do this like, um, they also do this like deconstructed banh mi, right? Was that what it was? I think that's what it was. I had this, yeah, I think it was like banh mi ingredients over, I think it was over rice, right? Yeah, so it's like all the filling from a banh mi deconstructed over rice. Oh, what do you call that? Um, I'm going to look that up right now. Deconstructed banh mi over rice. Banh mi salad, was that it? Um, oh, I don't know whatever the heck this is, is awesome. So if you have the opportunity to do so, do it. You might be a little scared. It's like, ah, was this stuff refrigerated? You, I was fine. Or like I told you, you get sick and you tough it out for 24 hours and it sucks, but you make it. You'll be all right. There's a bond me place. Oh boy. I'm going to say this very, very, very wrong. But uh, also in D1, down a couple side streets, um, it's not a stall. It's like a little bit of a storefront. It's called Ban Mi Hun Ho. Hun Hoi. Uh, sorry, Vietnamese people. I'm butchering this. But good God in heaven. So for 20000 and that's one US dollar, people. All right, for 20000 you get a full Ban Mi. You get the toasted bread. You get the pate, um, pickled veggies, cucumbers, herbs, um, various pork products that are like lunch meat types of things. Wow. I'm probably not making this sound so sound so desirable, but good God in heaven. It's great. And then she's like hot. So I'm like, hell yeah, hot. So she put, um, sliced up peppers on it. My, my face and my head burst into flames. So I just sat, I think I sat in front of the bank. I just sat because they had a couple steps, sat on the bank, ate my sandwich. It's already super hot out. 
and this thing set set me on fire, set me on fire. But it, God, it was so good. Find these little bond me places. There are like these bond me chains now. Stay the hell away from that. Um, often you'll find like the like the older like grandma with the uh, food stall, food cart, selling bond mees. Yeah, get that. That's the stuff. That is what you need. That is what is going to give you life and fuel you through your trip. That is what you need. Oh, that is what I love. God, there's one place here on 8th Avenue in Brooklyn that does it as close to the source as possible. Ooh, I should do a Brooklyn episode. Anyway, yeah, so there's still, God, there's still food. If anything, Saigon is a destination for food. Oh, I love it. I did one night, I did go out, so I went out with my buddy Kevin, my friend, our friend Sam, Chuck, Lynn, um, Lynn's boyfriend, I forget your name, and we did go to a rooftop. Um, wasn't really my thing. Didn't realize I shouldn't be in flip-flops. It's kind of like a you-gotta-wear-pants type of place. It was in a fancy hotel, so it was really, really nice. Um, they had a pool at the top, and they had a DJ playing, and they had really expensive drinks. So, like, it wasn't really my thing. I did it once. It looks super cool. Like, if you were here in Brooklyn in, or in New York City, and, you were, and we had these all over the place. We have some, right, with, like, $16 cocktails, and it's like, guys in business suits don't want that but if we had some of these and it was like you know expensive for vietnam but if it was the price that is there but it's here it's cheap here and it'd be really cool and fun but it it doesn't feel like i'm in vietnam so that wasn't really my thing and to be honest like talking to sam and lynn and them they were like yeah this, this isn't really our thing either one of the cool things about it is you get a really cool view of the city but yeah I don't know. Um, God. Saigon is great. If you haven't been, you got to see the water puppets. Eat your way through the city. Go along the river. Take a ferry. When I go back next year, there's this island. Oh, boy. This just popped into my head. Um, There's this island nearby. What is it called? Vetter? Not Vung Tao. I went to Vung Tao. Not Kangyo. That's the monkey place, right? Yeah, no, no. Um, but there's some cool islands that are like not that far out of Ho Chi Minh City that you can fly to or take a ferry to. There's so much to do. Like there's an, ugh, there's so much to do. Yeah, my final night was tough. I'll talk about this for a second. It's really hard forming, uh, forming relationships with people in some of these places whether they are romantic relationships or friendships, um, because you might not see those people again. And these things are multifaceted. Like someone might just want to hang out with you for a couple days, or someone might see you as like an opportunity, uh, as an economic advantage for them, as a way out of their situation, Um, I mean, there are so many different variables that can exist and then poof, you're gone. Um, and then you feel like I have to go back to that place, but you want to see new places and you almost feel a responsibility to go see those people. Like one, one of the other reasons I keep going back to Saigon is to, to see the friends that I have there. Like, I feel like I need to see you guys. I'm going to go a whole year without not seeing you. 
But there's so many other places I want to see and explore and experience that I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, that last night was tough, man. So that last night that I wrote about was the last official night. But then, like, I flew at night. So the very next day, um, I said all my goodbyes to my friends and rode around on Sam's motorbike. And there's this Japanese place that we like to go to. Uh, that like <laughs> every time someone walks in, they yell funny stuff at you. And I shouldn't have eaten sushi before my flight, but I did it. Nah. And yeah, it's tough. It's always tough saying goodbye to people. It's, uh, I want to do like a whole episode on like, uh, friendships and relationships out on the road and out, out in the world. But yeah, have you not gotten out? Like, is it really like, is there, are you, are you constantly like thinking about, I want to go, I want to go experience Southeast Asia. I want to go to Africa. I want to like, listen, you can do it. You can do it. I really recommend Vietnam. I think it's a, it's like a really easy primer. Um, you could certainly from there go off the beaten path and you could go rural you can go to cities that are far less developed. You can go get some crazier adventures, but it's a great jumping off point people. Yeah. Ho Chi Minh city in 2017. All right, I got a bunch of new podcasts coming up right after this. Um, I'm not going to talk about them. I always say that. I got to stop saying that. Stop saying that better. But uh, I'm back. What I'm trying to say is I'm back in full swing. I had a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back. So uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Shoot me an email. I love emails. I love talking to you. I love hearing from people who listen to this. Voyages of Tim Vetter at Gmail. Dot com. Awesome. As always, everybody, take care of each other. It's a crazy world. You see all this awful stuff happening right now. If we don't take care of each other, if we're not nice to each other, if we're not respectful of one another, regardless of our beliefs and what we think and how we choose to live, then we are screwed. So take care of each other. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.